Well, welcome back to the podcast, Conversations with Jeff Bucknam. Dr. Jeff Bucknam is the lead pastor of Teaching and Vision at Harvest Bible Chapel in Chicagoland, and I'm your host, Tommy Kreitz, and we're going to have a conversation with someone today. But before we get into that conversation, we're going to talk about uh, whatever we want, a little preamble ramble. Well, you know? not whatever we want. It's kind of whatever you want this this week, isn't it, Tommy? Whatever I want. Tommy's I get to been, choose. Tommy's been going on a deep dive mm. into chat GPT and all <laughs> things related to AI. Yeah. I haven't, but I, I have heard and have used chat GPT. So has Wesley. We wrote a worship song together <laughs> using so, it. So I have to... Didn't we? We did that, right? I have to tell yeah. you something really yeah. quickly. Uh, in Japan mm-hmm. and, and in Korea, there are so many uh, young people who are l- living by themselves and uh, loneliness is a massive issue there mm-hmm. that they've created these uh, di- digitized people. Yeah. Right? So, th- and they'll have them in be in different like uh, f- mirror frames or like, you know what I mean? Picture frames, but then there's a little spot near your bed that they kind of live. It's their little house, but they can be transported to the rooms that you're in. Mm. And they, they're like, they're kind of like, they're programmed dogs kind of. Right. Like the, they, they say, they ans- love you. They talk to you all the time while you're in your house. Yeah. They uh, will text you when you're gone. Good. I miss you. Oh, good. And stuff like that. They're not real, but but they're like friends. There's actual, uh, I should show you a, uh, a YouTube video where they advertise this yeah. particular person. It's, you can make them dress whatever you want. They can be a guy, it can be a girl, they can be really tall or really short. They can. Make, you can change them every day. Wow. Whatever you want, Tommy. Whatever you want. That's it's like having the, the perfect <laughs> friend. Yeah. They never question you. No, they only love you. They only love you. They affirm everything you say. Yeah. It's like having me as a friend. Yeah. The only thing that you can't do is hang out with them in person. Well, but kind of in person. Oh, okay. So anyway, one of the things that I I have read that they were trying to do is that, um, you know, like those Google glasses things that they yeah, had the for a while. Yeah, the augmented reality. Nobody, but now they're starting to come in yeah. to, that this person would kind of be like, you know, uh, Jarvis in the Iron Man stuff that they would live in these glasses. See, I can get behind a Jarvis. Jarvis, like your constant weird. little companion in your in your brain, but not yeah. real. They're AI, mm. and for sure the government isn't listening. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you, what are your thoughts on um, artificial? By the way, if I had a little AI guy, I'd make him Donald Trump, wouldn't you? <laughs> So that you could just talk to Trump every day, every day, stuff, and make him affirm you Have all you, the time. I think you're great. So the, <laughs> sound a little Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't know how to do Trump. I feel like uh, I, I think what's really curious to me is all the tools that are coming out with AI, and um, you've got AI art that where you okay, can kind that? of yeah, so you can kind of put in, um, hey, give me. A, a picture of me and I like have a picture of me but in like artists style so mm. Jackson Pollock or like you know any other artist and it'll it'll sample or test it itself on that particular artist's work and then draw you it or anything that you want in that style and you can kind of give it random prompts and it'll shoot out an AI generated image in non- real like it's it's unreal so how does this affect uh like evidence now so that's you know what i mean like so that's I, the crazy thing is because it doesn't just it's not just ai art it's now jumping into video yeah and 
and one of the big areas of of like are like these deep fake yeah where like you could put you know if if you trained a machine on your face like different angles of your face maybe 60 images or something like that it could put your face on someone else's body and look so close to real mm. that it's kind of unbelievable they also now the the reason that Donald the Trump, future, it must be the future of instagram right yeah, no real people. No real people. No, <laughs> or, just, or you just shove your face on. They'll give you instead of options for filters and stuff. They'll give yeah. you options body for options. bodies. Yeah, I want to be. Which buff one do today. you want? <laughs> <laughs> I want to have muscles today. Mm. Boom! Put my face. Yeah, and, and the crazy thing is they're doing it with voices now too. Ooh. So they have so much of like Trump and like presidents, yeah, uh, Obama, because they talk and so Trump, much, right? Publicly, mm-hmm. so and so they train the AI on their voices. And then you can make them say essentially say whatever you want. So they're a popular series on YouTube right now where they like play video games all together. Donald Trump and, and Obama and Joe Biden are all playing a video game together and that they're all talking like to it. And fun. it's actually kind of hilarious. But crazy yeah. how close... I mean, it's not exact. You could tell like... So uh, Tommy... There's, there's something off here, the, but it's close. So what's real and what is manufactured are now merging... They're getting closer and closer together. So yeah. nobody will know what to trust anymore. Yeah. And that uh, doesn't even, we're not, we're not even talking about jet, chat GPT yet, which is like this whole other area of machine learning that is, you know, y- you can ask it. And we were talking about this yesterday of how I, I was like doing research on a, on a paper and I, you know, I did uh, the, the work on it, but then I was like, oh, I wonder if what this would be like. And I asked chat GPT, I asked it to give me five points on this particular theological issue. And it did. And it did. And they were all great, like points well, that I had previously already. So that's how I'm writing my sermons from now on. Yeah. There's like a huge thing going on through schools, right? <laughs> right. Right, you could. So if you typed in to ChatGPT, write me a sermon, uh, a 30-minute sermon on 1 Corinthians 13. Yeah. It would. Okay. A 30-minute, like, speaking. Tommy, you don't need to tell me this. I, I know full well it can. And you, yeah, do what do you, you think? What yeah. do you think last week was? Buddy? Yeah, that was Chat GPT, Pastor Chat GPT. <laughs> you don't even need Pastor anymore. Yeah, you could Pastor AI. <gasps> you could actually have that First Corinthians uh, thirteen sermon in Joe Biden's voice. That the, the, possibi- the, the possibilities are endless. Oh my god! Or better yet, what if we had it in Morgan Freeman's voice? Oh, people would believe it then. Yeah, me. people would believe it then. So it's like this wild space right now where the, a really big issue is in schools with well, kids. everybody's cheating now. Yeah, so they type in, like, if they, you know, their papers or their teachers are like, you have to go write a paper on XYZ. And they just say to chat GPT, write me a... Paper with XYZ. A paper with XYZ, and it literally writes the paper. And now, but you said yesterday that there are computer programs, though, or websites uh-huh. that can... That can uh, figure out if it's from chat GPT yeah. did it. And, and so not only are there now websites that they filter all of that information through and say, Oh, well you used AI to write that paper F, you know, plagiarism. But now there's another software where you can run that chat GPT produced essay into this and it jumbles it around so that it it can't it avoids so it avoids the other website it's just this wild crazy hilarious space right now where it's just 
what's real, what's not. Did you write that or did a computer who has all of the knowledge of the internet at its disposable at its disposal like did it write that? And uh, you know what's funny though is that for you know, lots of years uh, authors have been using ghostwriters and not and yeah. not giving the the credit on the on like you have to read into the acknowledgments Correct. to find out. Oh, I think thankful for Wesley, my ghostwriter. Yeah. Wesley's name's not anywhere on it. Yeah. But they they spend time with you and then they learn your voice and then they kind of put it together. Write it, yeah. And you're like, I'm like, wow. Apparently, uh, what's his name? Prince Harry's book was all a ghostwritten. Oh, yeah. Now we have the ultimate ghostwriter. Yeah, Chet, AI. AI. Well, the world's coming to an end. We're all going to become <laughs> zombies soon. Skynet. Oh, Terminator. Yeah, dude, why has nobody why? ever no one, seen the movies? It's don't. not hard. It's, <laughs> anyway. Had somebody ever seen that movie Contagion, we would have avoided the last three years of our lives, <laughs> wouldn't we? So. <laughs> yeah. People need, okay, moral of our talk and conversation. is Just look through the movies and yeah, find watch out more what movies. people came up with yeah. that was going to destroy humanity. And, and don't do those things. Don't do those things. <laughs> <laughs> Avoid the end of the world. Uh, it's right. not that hard. Anyway. I get to talk to somebody who's really into the, uh, into the, into those conspiracy theories today. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, is Diane, it just super in Diane, uh, Birkenstock. Diane Birkenstock, who um, is on our uh, lead team. Mm. And um, what is her of official title? She's the lead of administrative. Executive administration. Executive administration. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, the titles are all in my head. They're all different than what they were. But yeah. yeah. She is a, a dear, dear, dear con contribution to this church. She's yeah, lovely. absolutely. And uh, you guys are going to have a conversation uh, because we believe that everyone has a story. Even Diane. Even Diane, especially Diane. And uh, you guys are going to talk about her story right now. Let's go. Diane Birkenstock. She has been employed at Harvest Bible Chapel for 19 years. 19 long years. <laughs> long. Yeah. But you're not from uh, Harvest Bible Chapel, Chicago area, are you? I am. I grew up in Chicago. Where? In Park Ridge. Okay, that doesn't Illinois help me. In a suburb of Chicago. Well, I'm in a suburb of Chicago right now. How far right. would, how long would it take me to get from where I'm sitting right now in Rolling Meadows? To Park Ridge? Probably 20 minutes. Oh, wow. 20 minutes east, close to the airport. So you're a, you're a like Chicago suburbanite and I always am. have been. Yes, except for when I got married to Eddie and he's a Chicago fireman. We had to move to the city. Oh, yes. So well, I we're going to we're gonna get to Eddie. Don't you worry. <laughs> we're going to get to Eddie. Oh, boy. Um, did you grow what do you sister's brothers that you grew up with? I have an older brother. He's... 11 years older than me, Whoa. and he lives in Texas. That's a lot of years older than you. Yeah. Were you a surprise child? or No, he was. He was. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so he was, and then they took a break, and then they you came along. Yeah. So you, uh, 11 years yeah. older than you. Was that weird growing up? You felt kind of only child? No, or? I was pretty much an only child. He, right. By the time I was old enough, he was probably in high school, and then he went to college and got married and didn't come back home. Oh, 
Okay. So, so Diane, I'm not going to ask you how old you are. Okay. But I am going to ask you uh, what your favorite television show was when you were a child. Um, Give me some options. Uh, Dick Van Dyke. Dick Van Dyke. Um, yeah. The Dick Van Dyke show. Show. Yeah, I remember yeah, that. Black and white. Yeah, he was yeah, a funny guy. Funny guy, yeah. He was. Father um, Knows Best. Father Knows Best. Uh, Marcus Welby, MD. Who? Yeah. I didn't know that one. That was one. a thing. Okay. Um, and when I was a little older, probably Dallas, Knott's Landing. Really, were you into the Dallas and the <laughs> yeah. Knott's Landing? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. So kind of the, the uh, what's the other one called? Falcon's Crest. Falcon Crest, yes. Falcon Crest. Yeah. Well, wow, it's amazing that I even know, the, <laughs> know those things. Those are a little bit before my time. Where I was really little, actually, when those were on, <laughs> I'm and sure I you was were. like, I never saw the, the great draw to them. But anyway, that's fine. It's a girl thing. Is it? Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. J.R. Ewing. Mm. So when I lived in Dallas, uh, one of the things I liked to do was go. Like people would say that to me, they'd be like, "Oh, this was a famous scene in Dallas," mm. and I never, I didn't know didn't that, but it. I did. Uh, people would show that to me and then they would you know say oh here's a clip and they back in those days email it or whatever and I was like oh my gosh that's where it is <laughs> but when I was living there uh what's the name of that guy uh Texas Ranger Chuck Norris mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. was there and they used to film just down the street from the seminary Dallas Seminary at some of these houses on the road called Swiss Avenue and so it was not uncommon for me to be walking down Swiss Avenue and see Chuck Norris wow. standing outside of a house. Did you ask for his autograph? Because he's going to, well, he was filming. <laughs> I should have started yelling though. Yeah. He's, he's pretty great. Didn't have a, you didn't have a crush on Chuck, Chuck Norris? No. No. Mm -mm. But who did you have a crush on? What was your, what was your teen dream? Uh, David Jones of the monkeys. Yeah. David Jones. <laughs> yeah. You're basically Marsha Brady. <laughs> oh. Do you remember him? I do. She had a crush on Davy Jones. <laughs> yeah, that was my, that was probably, well, I won't tell you what grade. Okay. <laughs> so uh, you grew up kind of as a as an only child with uh, parents were together? Yeah. The whole time, that's yeah. right. Did yeah. you grow up in a Christian home or? No, um, I grew up Catholic. Okay. And so went to church on Sundays and pretty much did what I wanted during the week. Okay. And Did, was there ever a point at which uh, Roman Catholicism was interesting to you, or is it just sort of like this is all this is just what we do? Um, it's what we do, and um, no Bible, no, no. It's just part of our identity. Okay. Yeah, but nothing. Were nothing most deep. of the people that you knew Catholic? Mm -hmm. I mean, is it the Catholic. Uh, yes. I mean, Chicago's got a huge Roman Catholic yes. um, most population. Most of my friends were Catholic. Um, they go to church with you, same place. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What was your favorite part, though, of the Catholic Church? What you remember, anyway? Was it was there fun things that you did ever? Um, probably Sunday school, where my friends were. Okay. Yeah, I would do Sunday school after church. Okay. Mm -hmm. So family was kind of committed. Were your parents pretty committed Catholics, or was it? They were. Okay. They yeah. were. Um, yeah, my mom. So when my mom and dad got married, she wasn't a Catholic. Um, or she had to take classes to become a Catholic, but she couldn't get married in the church. Oh, yeah. She got married in the rectory by the priest. Yeah, yep. But they weren't allowed to be married in the church, but she became a Catholic and very devout and very um, very committed. Okay. Mm -hmm. For lots and lots of years? Yeah. 
Uh, my parents were married 67 years. My word. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a great, a great upbringing. Mm-hmm. What was Chicago like in those days? Oh, it was what, great. Is it any different than it is now? Uh, yeah, a lot safer. It was, was it? a lot. Yeah. I mean, you could be out at night and the streetlights could come on and you could be playing tag and your parents were all out on the, on the stoops of the front porches wow. and everybody hung out. It was a great neighborhood. I had a great neighborhood in Chicago. We moved to Park Ridge when I was in fourth grade. Okay. And then had great neighbors there. And of course, very safe because it was a suburb and very, all right. you know, it was a, it was a great. Where, where down, where in Chicago did you live before you were in Park Ridge? Um, it was in a neighborhood called um, Craigan. It was it was diversity and Laramie, pretty much. It was between probably between the airport and the lake. Wow. Yeah. So you're kind of like real Chicago. I didn't know this. I did. I yeah. thought you okay. But you're not really just Chicago because uh, when you get to college, you ended up mm-hmm. going to the University of Mississippi. I want to know how that happened. Okay. Did you play any sports or anything before in like high school mm-hmm. or any like musicians, musical no. stuff? No. What were you into? So, in oh, friends. Really, just hanging out. <laughs> hanging out. Um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't participate in sports. We just had a lot of friends, and I did um, like junior, like coaching for. Like gym classes, I was an assistant, and I did. I worked when I was in high school. Where'd you work? What's your first job? My first job was at a bank. Really? Yeah. As like a teller, or no? It was in the like customer service bookkeeping area. Okay. And then um, I thought, oh, this isn't a bad thing. Maybe, um, maybe I'll go to college. So, how I got to Mississippi was my girlfriend's family, my best friend in high school. Her family, her dad's family, grew up in Tupelo, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And so when we graduated high school, she went a year to junior college and then went to Ole Miss. And she called me about halfway through her first semester. She's like, oh, my gosh, I'm the only Yankee. You need to come down here and rescue me. My roommate will move out. If were you, you'll come were down you attending here. school somewhere else at the time? No, or? I was working at the bank. Okay. And so I was like, oh, okay. This was a long time ago. So I didn't, there was no visiting the college or I filled out an application. I mailed it in. Yeah. Got accepted, never saw the school, never, my parents never saw it. They'd never, we, I've never been there. Were, were your parents at all concerned? No. About this? No, not at all. Okay. No. And so I got accepted. I probably applied in like October, got accepted in November and went in January. Oh my word. Yeah. So and you were there and you ended up rooming with your best friend. I did. I did. And, and I immediately like, when you got there, you thought I should have gone to LSU. <laughs> I never thought that. I still haven't thought that. <laughs> What was it about Ole Miss? Because you love Ole Miss. I do. Yeah, like it's it's part of your identity now. You follow the the teams. Mm-hmm. You live and die, mostly die because they lose a lot. <laughs> we Although are the national champions last year, so please keep that champions. in mind. <laughs> right? Even a blind squirrel. So um, what was it about Ole Miss that, that has endeared it so much to your heart? Okay, so when I went down there, I went, I'm told... My mom and dad, I'm like, I'll be back after the semester. I'm just going to go and keep her happy to, to help her. Mm. And then got down there, and the people were very um, more friendly, hospitable. She had family down there, so we spent a lot of weekends at her family's place. Um, decided that I wanted to have more involvement on the campus, so joined um, a sorority. We went through Rush. Okay. Joined a sorority. and um, Which sorority? It's Alpha Delta Pi. Yeah. And um, loved it. Met a lot of great friends, um, became treasurer of the sorority, and then eventually president of the sorority. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was great. For it how? Was like, what does what does a president of a sorority do? Um. Well, run all the. Well, run the run the lead team. Okay. Um, events. Make sure the the chapter like finances and um, we had like standards committees for the girls, making sure they stayed in line. Yeah. And, kept their grades up and had pledge trainers and you know it was just uh just keeping the sorority running did you really. like it i loved it how long were you did just for one year it's Is one that, year okay mm-hmm. yeah president of your sorority yeah that's fascinating it was great so now um now we have a place down there that we go to and my the friend that we um why how did you buy the, why did you apply a place do you would you inherit it or do you no. bought it, you decided to buy a place? We decided to buy a place. We um, started going down there probably, I don't know, 10, maybe probably 10 years ago. Started going to the football games and staying with my girlfriend and she had a condo. And so we, you know, go as much as we could. And then um, we're like, you know, maybe we should get a place down here. It's pretty cool. Mm. And a friend, another friend who had a condo in the same place, her somebody was selling a condo at a really good price. So we're like, okay, we should do this. And so we all lived in the same area. No regrets? Area. No. So how often do you go down? Um, we Probably every other month. And we, of course, during football season, we make sure we get a couple of football weekends in. And take, yeah. I take my PTO during fall. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. And sometimes during baseball. You well, know, you should take it during baseball. Yeah. They actually are a very good baseball team. I will see LSU. Yeah, you will, because actually that's they are playing in Oxford. They are. Uh, so do you have a place in Oxford, Mississippi? Yes, it's um, a mile from the campus. Oh, wow. Yeah, we could walk there. Mm-hmm. What's Oxford, Mississippi like? I mean, oh, I'm interested to find out, actually, if somebody from Chicago goes to the south at the time that you went, what were the significant differences that you immediately noticed? At the time that I was there? Sure. <laughs> Um, okay. They didn't have any shopping malls. Um, you couldn't buy hosiery on Sundays cause they had blue laws. What's a blue law? Like, I don't, it's something to do with not being able to do buy purchase entertainment. Like of course, alcohol was on Sunday on Sundays. Okay. Yeah. It was a, it was a list of things you couldn't do. Um, and they didn't have very many restaurants. They had Shoney's. Shoney's and they had um, a Ruby's Chinese restaurant and um, there was a couple other chains and that was about it and there was a town square um, which is still there but much more built up but there really wasn't there wasn't public transportation there were no taxis there were no it was very so when you got there did you feel like where have I come to (laughs) yeah um it really, yeah. Or was it? We spent most of the time on campus, yeah. so it didn't really matter so much about what was happening around. And being in the sorority, we ate yeah. our meals in the house, and so it it was Wasn't that it was nice. It was nice. The campus is beautiful. Culturally, mm-hmm. was it hard to adapt there, or did you find like what are what what so some, did Southerners? What were they I like to you? The well. First of all, they knew I was a Yankee because of the way I talk, I, the accent. You know, they were very hospitable. But one of the things that I noticed in the sorority house was um, that when we we would use the front door and the help would use the back door. Oh yeah, because it was that time you of know, year. It was yeah. a long time ago, and the first African American was at the school like not that many years before that. Right, and so it was very. It was. It was pretty were there segregated. Any, were, there, were there very many African-Americans there now? Because Ole Miss has got, and probably maybe one of the largest 
populations of African-American students now than anywhere, right? I think then it was more from the Middle East. They would have exchange students. Oh, okay. And there was a lot from the Middle East at that time. Okay. Yeah, not a lot of African-American What was your degree in? Banking and finance. Yeah. Really? Because everything that you've done, banking, and then you were this president and the treasurer, it seems to me that you had an interest in this sort of thing. Does, was Were numbers and money always something that you found interesting? I think numbers, I was going to be, a, uh, I thought I was going to be a CPA, but it was a lot of work. So I changed to banking and finance because it was easier. <laughs> So what did banking and finance train you specifically for? Is it just a general degree? Or general, you, yeah. Okay, so. Yep, so, and then when, so when I came out um, of school, I worked at a bank in Chicago. Why'd you come back to Chicago? Why not stay in uh, Mississippi? Mm. Was that even an option? Yeah, I didn't really think about it. I think it was because I had a place to go. Like I, I like down there it was, you know, everybody had their hometowns. And so they all kind of went back to their hometowns. Right. And. My hometown was Chicago. Did you come back and live with your parents? Or I did. did you, okay. Mm-hmm. And you were in whatever the place is that you said you from? Parkridge. <laughs> Park <Ridge. laughs> so you came back to Parkridge and you decided to pick up kind of where you left off in banking. Yeah. So when I would come home from college, I worked at this bank. And then it was about the time that savings and loans were getting like checking accounts because they didn't have them. And yeah. so I was the manager of that department when they started. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you think you were always going to be in, in the banking sector? Oh, yeah. That was like your... For sure. When did Eddie show up? <laughs> oh, Eddie showed up. Um, so... Because he... I don't think he ever stepped foot in Mississippi before he met he you. He did not. No. He does not seem like no. a guy who would have gone down <laughs> to Mississippi. Her He's, husband is a fire firefighter for years and years. And yeah. one of the things when uh, people from outside of here said, oh, what's Chicago like? And I, I when I met him, I, I told them, I've met the most Chicago <laughs> guy I, I've met. Like, the, like, he should be on a TV show about Chicago because he's... Even maybe Chicago Fire. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's, <laughs> he's like the stereotypical yeah. firefighter for he, Chicago. Yeah, he totally is. So... Um, I came home from college, was living with my parents, got married. Um, well, how'd you meet him, though? Well, this, but I, Eddie's. Oh, how'd you meet your first husband? My then? first husband, yeah. So we got married. Um, it went poorly, um, but we had a daughter, Brittany. Okay. Um, and so when she was three, um, we got divorced. Oh. And um, so then I went back and lived with my parents. Mm. And for a little while, just to get my feet on the was ground. Was he a friend or somebody that not you knew? Not that hadn't met him yet. No, so, but I mean, the, oh, your first husband, he was not oh, somebody. Yeah, so he was a, so a woman that I worked with. It was her son. Okay. And yeah. so we just met yeah. mutually there. Yeah. Um, so once I moved out with Brittany to an apartment, um, the people on the first floor were, um, were Christians. Mm. And I've never really had experience with that and with anybody who was a believer. And so, of course, they were very kind and loving and, you know, just kind of took me in. And um, Brittany ended up having to go. I needed daycare, so she the Christian school had daycare, uh. and so she went there. She was three years old, and um, again they befriended me and just were very amazing. And I used to stand in the window and look and think, "Oh, look at they're going to church. It's Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, carrying their Bibles. They're all happy. Yeah, that's really nice, you know." And that was about it. So over time, developed a relationship with, um, with. Did you think that their church was like you, the church you used to attend? No. At the time, no. You knew. It was I didn't different? really know a whole lot about it. So yeah. Brittany went to preschool there, yeah. and it was a Baptist church. 
Um, but I didn't really know anything about it. She started coming home with um, Bible um, verses. Yeah. And I was like, I don't even know what she's saying because it was King James, first yeah. of all. So her first verse was, Thou God seest me. I was Thou like, God seest me. Genesis 16. Anyway, I thought, oh. It's amazing well, you I remember should, that, though. I should put, totally remember it. Like, because that was a, I thought, oh, I should probably get a Bible. Mm-hmm. So I can, you know, know what she's even talking about. Um, so a few months went by. I became good friends with uh, with Sandra, and she invited me to Friend Day at church. Mm. And so I'm like, oh, okay, I'll go, which I was kind of excited about going, actually. Um, so I went, and that day they have uh, the marriage class. So I went to the marriage class with my friends, and at the break between class and Sunday school and walks this guy and my friend's husband Don says oh I'd like you to meet my friend Eddie I'm like and I looked and I thought oh I'd like to meet Eddie too (laughs) so he was (laughs) part of the church though so he's part of the church and um and he you were fresh meat yeah you know you girl kind of and he and I was like oh how nice well he says this is Eddie Birkenstock and I'm like oh so Brittany's preschool teacher was his ex-wife oh wow yeah i'm like oh that's a birkenstock oh okay and he had this fireman's jacket on i was like oh Ooh, hello okay. man in uniform All right, maybe this church <laughs> thing isn't so bad right <laughs> <laughs> so um so anyway that was in march i started going to church regularly i would go out on the weekends with my friends and party but started just like no i have to go to church i would leave early get yeah. you know go so i was like okay so eventually stopped going out on the weekends and just started going to church and in june of that like that same year um i professed christ that's amazing i heard the gospel really for the first time in that church wow like and you know they would at the end of the time give the invitation yeah Southern you know, Baptist church and be, yeah you yeah. know everybody bow your head yeah yeah close your eyes and so they'd be like oh do you know you're going to hell and yes i'd <laughs> raise my hand yeah does any you want to come forward nope not doing it not doing it. So of course I didn't know everybody's looking at me. Yeah. Cause that's what you do. You yeah. want to see who's, you yeah. know. So anyway, finally the pastor's wife was like, I think we need to talk. And I just started crying. I'm like, Yeah. So that's wow. when I profess Christ. That's lovely. Yeah. And then oh, probably a week after that, Eddie and I were at a barbecue together, not separately, but invited to the same place. Yeah. And eventually, um, that was in June. And eventually started dating a couple weeks after that. Were you, did he, was he awkward with you? Did he no. ask you, was he bold? Is he a bold oh, guy? No, he wasn't bold. No, actually it's kind of funny because he, um, I actually asked him out first. <laughs> all right, Diane. That's well, right. And of course I'm trying to be, you know, all proper because now I don't know what I'm supposed to do as a Baptist, right? <laughs> so I'm like, so Is this I, a Baptist like, thing you can, can I, do? Can I ask him out? My friends are like, oh sure, go ahead. So... Yeah. I'm like, hey, you want to go to Cubs game? I have tickets because the bank I worked at gave me tickets. So he's like, oh, okay. So I find out later, he's like, I was trying to, you know, not be rushing and trying, you know, but I really wanted to. But so we laugh about that a lot. It was, yeah, it was me first. (laughs) And a girl. Yeah. So uh, you started to, how long did you date? Um, Well, we dated, uh, that was in June and we got um, engaged in September. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, (laughs) well, he had, so he had been married and he has three boys. Yeah. And so his boys were nine, eight, seven, and Brittany was six. So they were all, and all going to the same school. Okay. So, yeah. 
so we were poor. We, yeah. Neither one had money. I, anyway, so we got engaged in September and married in January. Okay. Yeah, because why not? So was uh, having a blended family a challenge at first, or was it? Or did it always kind of just work right out? You know, it kind of worked out. I don't, I mean, there was always, you know, there was a bit of a struggle at times with different things, but as far as the kids, we had the boys every other weekend. We had time in the summer. Um, I'm thankful that God pro- had a girl for me and boys for him, so there yeah. was no competition between them. Right. You know, Brittany was always... The, girl, the only girl, and yeah. she appreciated that. And the boys um, lived with their mom um, until they were older, and you know, then they needed their dad. Yeah. So at times they came to live with us. It was kind of, yeah, it was a little challenging when they got older, but um, yeah, but we're, it worked out great. Was he a firefighter in the, the suburbs? Chicago. So he was, but he was downtown. No, he lit. So he worked um, just west of Humboldt Park. Which yeah. is kind of a rough, and he saw a lot of fires and a lot of stuff that I don't know about. <laughs> he doesn't tell me everything. Well, you know, I would think that being married to a firefighter in a suburban location would not be as frightening mm. as if you were in an urban setting. And True. I only say that because, I mean, I guess the safety of it and that kind of thing. But, you know, apartment buildings and things are a lot mm. I mean, they seem like they're more dangerous than standing outside of a house and fire. But what do I know? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but he always wanted to be in Chicago. He never thought I want to go out to somewhere else. He always wanted to be in the city. No, he. Uh, I, well, so he got. He loved being a firefighter, mm. and um, yeah, there was never a question. He was. He was always going to be in the city. Were the, was there ever a time that uh, he went to a fire, and? Let you, I mean, because I imagine every time, it's like being married to a police officer or something, mm-hmm. you know, you end up kind of every time they leave, you're like, well, yeah, I mean, the likelihood yeah. is that you'll come home, but yeah, you're doing a job that actually puts you in harm's yes, way. He actually is running into buildings while people are running out. So yeah. yeah, that was, that was a little, a little bit of a challenge, but I think, um, he loved it so much and yeah. he was, he was so knowledgeable in it and was confident and so that made me feel at ease. Um, there was a time um, that he, I did get a call at like three in the morning oh. from not him, um, a friend of his. And the first thing he said was, he's okay. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But um, he got hit by an electrical wire mm. in his, in the, um, his equipment on his tank. Yeah. And so he got knocked out and got oh, thrown. Oh yeah. What if it's like popped him yeah well because the because of the fire the yeah. wire current the wire was severed and yeah so i had to go to the hospital and kind of on the way there i was like oh what if he told me it was okay but he's just really to not make you okay feel better. yeah you know because he's like i can come pick you up if you want i'm like no i'm okay so Brittany and i went yeah and he was fine okay but yeah so just that was really probably the scariest time and you were still working in a um at that time i was still working at the bank okay yeah yeah, and um, at what point did you did you end up coming to uh, Harvest then? So I was working with um, uh, the women's director here, Karen Newham, and we were friends apart from ministry, um, working in the women's ministry. And she says one day she goes, "Oh, she goes, I put your name in for HR director because I was at HR at the bank." Yeah, and I'm like, "Well, why did you do that?" She goes, "Well, because I think you could work here. I think you'd be good here." I'm like, "No," I says. I'm retiring from the bank. I have no interest. 
Yeah. Okay. So probably a month or two later, so the the Megan who was here before was going to have a baby, and she's like, well, it's okay. I'll just put your name in. You'll be fine. So sure enough, a couple months later, I got a call, and hey, you want to come in for an interview? We got mm-hmm. your name from him. I'm like, okay, I'll just try it. It's not a no big deal. And the first interview, I remember sitting in the car in the parking lot here in Rolling Meadows and calling Eddie and like, I think I could do this. Yeah. And he's like, okay. So we went through a couple more interviews and decided to. You ended up doing it. Yeah, I did. I did. Where, why were you coming to Harvest to begin with? I mean, obviously you were, you were attending the church before. Yeah, for that. a year. So yeah, we've been here 20 years. So um, we were in a smaller church in the city and um, Eddie had gone to a men's conference and yeah. heard um, James speaking. Yeah. And then I started listening to him on the radio. Yeah. We're like, huh. Because um, our church in the city was a great church, but not a lot of outreach and not a lot of, um, we had a a gym and it wasn't being used all the time, which Eddie was like, oh my gosh, we have this gym and we should be doing something. And and so um, we parted ways very um, amicably. Amicably. It was great. Our pastor was like, I hate to see you go, but I understand. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so we started coming and... Yeah, I've just have been here ever since. 20 years. Yeah. Diane, you've seen a lot mm. at Harvest. So mm. tell me tell me some of the highlights, like specific highlights. Were there things that over the 20 years of your time in Harvest that you look back at and just like, if I were to say, I want you to pick the happiest, most energetic or most like impactful things that have happened mm. at your time at Harvest, what would you, what kinds of images would have come to your mind? So I think, um, gosh, there's a lot of good times. I think some of the conferences, the straight up conferences, they yeah. used to be called. And well, tell me a little bit about those. I um, don't. Yeah, just uh, it. It was. Um, it was just churches, other churches coming to you know to learn, to grow, to be taught. Um, it was just nice having. It was part of the probably part of what was the fellowship. Yeah. Um, and I think they started as straight up, and then they went. I can't even remember. It was conferences held conferences uh, held here here at Rolling Meadows right. for the Harvest Bible Fellowship, which f- for those of you who are listening who might not know that that used to be the church planting right uh, arm of Harvest Bible Church is right. that they would plant one hundred and ninety three churches or something like that right that all had the name Harvest or Vertical in them. So if you right. even Eventually to this day you can yeah. still hear yeah about those. But they had a big and so this was the kind of gathering of this all of the, those churches. Yeah, I yeah. think it started pretty much at the time I started here as a small gathering Mm -hmm. and just over the years had grown. And it was always a good, it was so nice to see other people that you haven't seen in a while. And everybody was, it was just a really great energetic, energetic. Well, you see the impact that the church has had through the multiplication of other churches. And all of a sudden you're like, Whoa, Whoa. this is what the Lord has done here. Right. It was a thing. It was, it was great to be a part of that. And I think, um, I don't know. Um, Easter's, Good Fridays, they were always a thing. Yeah, big, big, big time. thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, always something that you look forward to. Loving that Good Friday was so, it was so solemn and so impactful. The services that were done, and then Easter Sunday being the big celebration. Yeah. That was always. I remember the. I don't know the first year we came and. Uh, like I wasn't, I, don't, I wasn't. Work, oh, I probably was working here, but they had like people on the roof, and the parking lots were full, and buses were coming, and it was just, it was kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, and I just 
have always just loved working with the people here. Like that's what that's what makes it. You ever thought about not working here? Hmm. Maybe. <laughs> Is that happening right now? No. <laughs> Maybe. Stop it. <laughs> no. Um. No. Not really. I don't. I don't feel like I was. I've gone through a few different seasons here, and I don't. Well, you know, any church, regardless of and Harvest, has had you know recent challenges. Every church in twenty years is probably going to have a significant number of challenges, and they come in various shapes and sizes, right? Yeah. Sometimes it's uh, moral failures by certain people in leadership, and I don't mean just pastors, sometimes Mm -hmm. elders or things like that. And sometimes it has to do with uh, a board not agreeing with a pastor, and then that creates a bit of a challenge or. You know, there's a division in the church because certain people want to see something one way and the others yeah. go that way. So it's very common for churches over a year to 20 years to have to go through challenges. Harvest has gone through some of that in the last little while. Yeah. But um, you've been here the whole time yeah. and be, remained kind of stal- stalwart in all that. Yeah, I. Um, Are you a persistent person, Diane? Is that is that why? Yes, I think part of it, I think the other part of it is I've always felt like this is where God had me, and it wasn't ever about what was happening around me. It was about about God putting me in a place where I was using my gifts and always focused on him and not the stuff around me. I mean, yeah. I didn't really, it was never a question whether I was, we were going to stay or not, like Eddie and I talked about it through all of that. And it was never like, we should go somewhere else. It was never that it was always, no, we need to stay here. This is where God has us. And we're going to, we're going to see this through to whatever happens, good or bad. We're just going to, this is it. And we just never, we never thought about leaving. Are you, uh, I just, another thought in mind, Brittany is, is what, where is she now? So Brittany is, um, she lives in the city. She's getting married in June. Congratulations. Um, and um, she works um, at the bank that I left. That's so great. She, I, I hired her when she was 16 to All work right. in the loan department at the bank. A and little then, nepotism. I and love then, it. Yes, of course. And then um, left not that long after I hired her, and she's been there ever since. So she's oh. been there 20 years. That's fantastic, yeah. though, right? Yeah. To be there for a long period And she's of time. moved to different places. She's done different things, and right now she is the executive admin to um, the CFO of their wealth management. Oh, wow. Yeah, she's what got a great job. The question I was going to ask you is name the different jobs you've done here at Harvest. Um, um, it's not as many as you think, but it feels like it. So I started as HR director, uh-huh. um, and did that for, gosh, 14, no. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I did that for most of the, most of the time. And then, um, I moved to the accounting department okay. and worked there and did the, um, ran the accounts payable, okay. um, learned all kinds of things about accounting. I didn't know. And so that was a that was a good experience. And then I worked for um, Scott Milholland as okay. his assistant, and I was the finance director. So I was helping with budgets and mm-hmm. um, all kinds of things for him. And then um, kind of went back to let's see, he left and then stayed there for a, a while in that office, um, and then kind of went back to HR for a little bit, and then worked with Roger. Yes. As his assistant, and then went, kind of went back to HR a little bit in the interim between people, and then um, and now I'm 
I'm now here. you've consolidated power. <laughs> your plan has come to fruition because <laughs> I had a plan. <laughs> I didn't have a plan. I well, now I'm your. Thing. I'm basically your puppet, Diane. I know. Listen, I know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah you've, sor- you've sorted out. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Um, Diane, I have to tell you, you are an absolute delight. And uh, I told you a long time ago that every church I've ever been to, there's been a big sister, mm. and you are that here for me. Aww. And I thank God for you very much. Mm. I uh, thank God I w- for you. Well, I would not mm. probably be at Harvest if you had not supported still all that. You were on the search committee. I was. Which is, so all of this is your fault. <laughs> if you want to blame, okay. I'll take you want, yeah, well, you want to blame somebody. I'll take the blame. It's okay. Yeah. I got big shoulders. Yeah, but... Um, I remember on the search calls, you were one of the more, uh, I kept looking at your face on the screen because you know, the zoom calls because you were <laughs> at least smiley. A few of the others weren't as smiley. And I was trying to figure out what's that guy's deal <laughs> kind of thing. And now I know, I know, now I know what know. his deal is, now but, you know. um, yeah, it's been a real delight to oh, work together you. with you and it's, you're doing such a good job here with all the things that oh. you do. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Your husband retired recently. He did. He retired last year. So is that going well? Do you enjoy having him around all the time? I do. You know what? It's not a whole lot different because his schedule was 24 on and 48 off. So him being home another day really was just another day. So he's, um, it hasn't, it's been great, honestly. Um, He's actually going to start a part-time job um, because he's, realize that probably it's not great to not do anything. Yeah. And so he's um, he's going to be working for the Elmwood Park Police Department okay. as great. an auxiliary police officer. Really? Yeah. So, Diane, the, the, the fire department and the police department <laughs> are usually uh, have a friendly banter between them, right? Like fire for, I know from police officers who constantly mock firefighters yes, for do. eating steak all the time yeah, and never and doing sleeping anything. And napping. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the others <laughs> the firefighters are yeah, just have another donut cop. Yeah. That that it's a friendly <laughs> banter, right? Yeah. So now he's he's traded sides. He has. But I think um yeah, I think it's going to be good. Does he have a gun? Yeah. Oh my word, I don't know if that's a good thing. I don't either. Eddie <laughs> Eddie with a gun. Somebody should do a do a movie on that and call it Eddie with a gun. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not one of my favorite. He's a great games, guy. I love Eddie. I think yes. he's fantastic, dude. He yeah. really is. But he, lo- he loves you too. Well, he should love me. Yeah, I think he, he kind of hugs connected. you every time he, he sees connect, you. He connect. And I connect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. Well, uh, your plans, I think, in the future though, would be Mississippi, maybe someday. Yeah, we talk about it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. I we like. Don't would have... you like to live somewhere like that, or is it more? Is it better to be like a a holiday? Oh, sorry, holiday home, or that's what I call it. Um, I think, yeah, that's a really good question. I think we will eventually land down there, just because to like the city's getting a little yeah. dicey. Yeah, and he really likes to. He would really like to move. Yeah. And so, but it, yeah, we don't have a timeline. Yeah. So. I'm I'm here for a while. Yeah, no, I'm not asking it because <laughs> tell me when you're leaving. Uh, I'm asking because it's uh, you. You are the only people I've ever met who uh, have said, "Yeah, we're we're thinking about retiring in Mississippi." I've heard, I've <laughs> Nobody heard, does. Like, it. Florida. I've heard California, Arizona. Yeah, just never Mississippi. Well, we want to be different. Yeah, yeah, just friends. It's friends. Yeah, and it's just a slower way of life and. 
Well, and the university really does provide a, a oh. level of like uh, excitement and connectedness, right? Sure. Especially the fact that it's in the SEC. The sports are so great. Oh, my gosh. The sports are great. So we love football, baseball. Um, have actually found a decent church down there. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a good place, but, yeah, we're not ready. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm thankful for that. Yeah. Uh, it is great talking to you. Thank you so much for spending the time with me. Thank you. Okay. Talk okay. to the rest of you guys later. Thank you.